What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Deer Vein Podcast. Today I have an awesome guest. His name's Jake Downs. And Jake, I heard about him through Kafaru Cast, which is Aaron Snyder's podcast. And uh, he kills a lot of animals. So one of the things that I wanted to really talk to him about was kind of just about his life, um, all the different animals that he hunts, why he hunts them, and how he hunts them, and then also kind of going into what makes an efficient hunter. So that's what I'm thinking to talk about today. Is that good with you, Jake? Sounds good, man. Okay, cool. So for anybody who doesn't know you, can you kind of give a brief background about kind of your hunting career and then tell people anything you want to about your uh, your family and your your uh, deadly sniper of a of a daughter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Um, background wise, I guess uh, I've honestly been hunting my whole life. Um, you know, my dad was a big hunter when I was a kid. Uh, took us any chance he got, and uh, I mean, I was I got pictures of me out on a trap line with him at like six months old or something like that. So. I've kind of been in it my whole life. Um, and I, when I was young, I kind of gravitated more towards the bow. Um, my dad was, uh, he kind of hunted with whatever, you know, he hunted gun, bow, just whatever he could get a season sure. for. And I, I just really liked the bow, so I kind of gravitated towards that. And, and it's been, you know, it's hard to, it's, it's so funny because I think, Everything's so for granted because I've been in, you know, like a lot of us that it just grew up doing it. it uh, when I get around somebody, you know, that that got into hunting late in life and they're like my wife or whatever, um, they do stuff and I'm I'm almost mad at them and I'm like, what'd you do that for? But they just don't know, you know. It's uh, it's kind of <laughs> funny when you grow up yeah. in that life that you should kind of take some of the things that. Uh, you just do for granted, but, uh, yeah, yeah that's yeah, kind of my story. For for sure. I've worked, yeah. with, I've worked with a few new hunters that are, that they're like, you know, do you, how, why, why would you stop the deer? Why would you stop the animal before you shoot it? Isn't the whole point of them to not know you're there? Like, why won't you just shoot it on the run? <laughs> I'm like, well, <laughs> it's kind of hard with a bow. <laughs> right. Yeah. There's a lot of things yeah. like slamming doors, man. I tell you what. Every new hunter you take out, you got to tell them before they get out of the truck not to slam that door. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, um, yes, definitely, definitely. Unless you're looking for that shot gobble, right? <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> um, right, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, well, I just got to tell you, I guess you asked about my family. Um, like you said, I got a little, uh, well, I, I mentioned my wife, uh, who's now become probably a better hunter than me. But she uh, just doesn't get to get out much. I mean, she goes hunting like ten days a year and kills like seven animals. So um, she's she's <laughs> pretty darn good at it. But uh, um, and she didn't grow up hunting. She was uh, she was a, in a ranch family, so she wasn't you know opposed to meat. She wasn't against any hunting. She just didn't really grow up doing it. Um, sure. And then uh, like I, like you were talking about my daughter. She's a she's a Spitfire. She I'm telling you, man, she loves it. I, I can't get a, I can't get her back inside. It's getting dark, and she's like, "One more, one more time, Dad." And I'm like, "It's getting cold out here." And she's like, "Nope, one more." And then 
after ten more, one more times, we get to go inside. But, uh, <laughs> Just shooting her bow in the backyard? Yeah, yeah, she shoots her bow a lot. And it's, what I love about it is it's not just because I shoot a bow and it's not because I'm out there. She wants to shoot a bow. She wants to go shoot her bow. She wants to, um, she'll initiate it. Um, and I can tell she really, really enjoys it, which is something I was hoping for because, you know, you you know, you don't want to force something on your kids. So it's, it's, Really right. awesome that she enjoys it. And then um, I just had a another little baby, but he he doesn't he's not he's only a month old. He doesn't have a bow yet, but maybe in a couple months. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I got a yeah. So I got a one year old, um, and I do not. Right. I have not gotten him a bow yet. Is that something I should be? I should get it in his hands right now. Man, I don't even remember. People ask. I tell. Okay, this is crazy. So uh, Fleetwood. Archery, I don't know if you ever heard of them or whatever they no. make. Fleetwood? Okay, well, that, that, that's the bow that I got from my daughter. They, they make different, I don't know if they make just youth stuff or what, but I tell you what, she should be sponsored by them because if there's just half the people, if a quarter of the people that uh, ask me about her bow every time I post bought one, they're making a ton of money. Like, it's, it's crazy. <laughs> how many people want to know about her bow. But I don't right. remember when I got her her first bow, um, probably a little after one. She, but she always just had like a, from the time she could, you know, stand up and waddle, she kind of had a, uh, like a nurse bow or some kind of a little toy bow. And honestly, it helped a lot. So, yeah, I know. I, yeah, I was just thinking about it because we got like uh, Easter came along, right? And the Easter Bunny came through our house, and yep. uh, we got some Nerf guns. And I'm like, man, what about a Nerf bow? Like, maybe I should start thinking about getting one of those. Yeah, yeah, man, it it helps. It helps a lot. Surprisingly, some I always tell people make sure it's something that they can actually draw and shoot. You know, not just like a like a slow looking thing that you press a button or whatever. I don't know if sure, it's yeah. Her, her, hers was like a little thing that pulled back and it shot air through and it shot the the little arrow dart. Oh thing. yeah. Okay. Um she did pretty you know, she learned how to aim with it. I think it helped a lot. Alright. Now I have to get on that. Um Yeah I but uh but yeah no uh Sorry, a little off topic. <laughs> yeah, that's not really. Um, no, no, no problem. Yeah. Uh, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, that was the family, family thing. Uh, anyway, how do you, so you go on a lot of hunts, right? So how many hunts do you do a year? Like, what's a lot? Uh, I want to say this last year I probably went on, oh, let me think about it. Like, I don't know if you can count, like, uh, hunting around here. I mean, I probably hunt around 100 to 150 days a year. Um, okay. Probably, so plenty probably of last yeah. year was probably close to 150, but um, that's including, <laughs> like, yeah. uh, shooting, you know, going turkey hunting. Or, last year I took a ton of people turkey hunting. Um, you know, I got buddies to go. I go, 
if there's no tag to hunt, I go um, shoot coyotes or um, sure. go trapping with my old man. I mean, I'm kind of counting, you know, any time I'm out going after an animal. Um, but as far as trip-wise goes, you know, I probably go on and leave the house probably 15 times a year. Okay. It's just a guess. Yeah. Um, no, that makes sense. And you're in you're in western Nebraska, right? Yep, northwest Nebraska. No, okay. Yeah. So then when you're so like 15 times a year, are you going like around the west? Are you going east? Are you going up into Canada at all? Do you chase um, any that, animal or are you focused more on one one type of animal or it, what do you like? I'm really Yeah, I'm not I'm not a one animal kind of guy. I like to chase everything okay. and and uh, I got kind of like a system now, you know, I mean, uh, it starts, obviously, um, uh, January 1, I usually go to Arizona with my buddy that lives down there, and we hunt deer and javelina, um, and then after that, you know, of course, it's turkeys and, and spring bear, you know, and wherever I've been, uh, I've done Idaho, I've done... Um, Canada a few times. I've done a lot of different things with bears. Um, every now and then I try to throw in like a last year I went to Texas a few times and shot some exotics just to oh, uh, nice. you know get some uh, exotics and pigs. So uh, and then in the and then in the fall it usually starts out with a you know antelope or two couple different states and then deer elk um and whatever i can draw you know it's kind of nice where i I live you know we're we're, you know nobody thinks of nebraska is out west but where i live i can be in south dakota in like 20 minutes i can be in wyoming in like 30 colorado um in a few hours montana in a couple hours so it's really uh, a nice little hub for me to, uh, you know, travel to different places and not have to be a crazy way, you know, away from home. Um, I can easily get home within a day driving um, for most of the stuff I do. So. Sure. No, that's, yeah, no, that's awesome. I hunted, so I did, I actually filmed uh for Breaking Point TV, I think two years ago, down near Scott's Bluff. Okay, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's about an hour and a half south of me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, in that country, I mean, it, it like that country, it, yeah, I guess you don't think of it as west because you think of like Cornhuskers and you think the east side, right? right. Yeah, and you think about deer over there. But, uh, but yeah, I could definitely see on that. Very convenient if you're able to get to all those states in such short amount of time and being able to pull those tags, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, the, where we live, we're a little more like the Black Hills. Um, our we we live in the Pine Ridge, which is it's not as uh, it's not as foresty as it used to be because a lot of it burnt. But uh, you know, we have elk and we have both species of deer. We have um, we actually have uh, bigger and cheap, but you can't hunt. You, I mean, 
You'll never draw the yeah. tag, but uh, I I saw uh, some down near. I think I saw yep. some down near the Scotts Bluff. Yeah. Yep. Just, you would. Yeah. There's just, some up yeah. in those hills there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, it was really crazy because all of a sudden you're just like in kind of like cliff cliff out areas. Like all of a sudden these just like spines of mountains kind of pop up, and they're not. You know, they're only a few hundred feet or something, but you know, maybe a thousand feet. But it was yeah, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not a it's not just flat cornfields where I live, which is nice. I mean, um, other than the taxes, it'd be an okay place to live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no shit. It's kind of everywhere, I guess, California. Is right. <laughs> um, so you kind of like, essentially you're a generalist, whatever tag you can draw, wherever you can go is what you're after. Um, but uh, is there something that you like to hunt more than more than anything else? I mean, if you had to haunt one type of animal? You know, that's a tough... I get that question a ton, too, and <laughs> and I don't know if I've ever answered it the same, to be honest with you. I mean, <laughs> like, if that's somebody whatever. said, hey, you can yeah. pick... If you if somebody said, hey, you can pick one animal to hunt for the rest of your life, um, and it doesn't matter what it is, you know, uh, honestly, I would probably pick, like, sheep or something... Um, just because I haven't done much of that. And I'm going off of sure. <laughs> not experience. I've shot, you know, one sheep, but it wasn't real, real sheep hunting. Um, but if I had to say just like a normal, you know, like deer, elk, whatever, I would probably honestly pick antelope, which is kind of weird, but, uh. Okay. No, probably uh, are fun. Oh, it's, they are. it's a blast. Yeah, the guy the guy we hunted with was saying like in western Nebraska, he goes, It's not that sagey sagey pronghorn that you get up north. Like our pronghorn are, are better and they taste better. Is that do you think that's true or is that uh or is that kind of just a, a bunch of BS that's all how you cook it? You know what? Honestly, I think ninety nine percent of people that get one I I've shot them in Wyoming. I've shot them in uh, real sagey areas where they say they get real, real bad. And I tell you, I've never had a bad one. I think, it, I, to be honest with you, antelope is one of my, it's right up there with moose and bison as far as eat. Um, sure. I just got to shoot a lot I of think, them. Yeah, I, the biggest <laughs> thing is that I, I think that a lot of people do is they leave the hide on. And that hide, I mean, if you you shot an antelope, you, yep. have your, you know, you smell them, they just stink, and that hide, um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, we'll just gut him and, and he'll be, you know, fine like a deer, but as hot as it, as it is, I've heard that that hide, um, whatever makes their, whatever they have running through them will actually seep into the meat. Now, I don't know if that's on it, don't no, quote me on that. No, no, that makes I, that's the main thing is get the hide off immediately, get it in a cooler, and I don't think you'll have any problems. Yeah. Did you think, so when the one that we killed, do you think, I thought it smelled like cornflake. Have you uh, ever smelled you know, that or no? <laughs> I don't know if I, I would smell like cornflake. Maybe, okay. yeah. I mean, it's got it's got a distinct smell. Like, it's, yeah. I don't know how to describe it. Um, it's... It, it, you know, it'll be on your hands for weeks after that, but, uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's got a definite distinct smell. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, no, I, that's just what I remember thinking. Like, man, this it's it has a very yeah distinct smell. Like you're saying, I I thought it smelled. My opinion was cornflakes. <laughs> sure. Well, I don't I don't eat a lot of cornflakes, so I probably didn't. Uh, I don't. I have to test that theory this fall. No, yeah, it's it's fine. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of an odd odd question. What would you taste? But what do you taste? What do you? Because you're applying all over all over the country. Um, well, one of the questions I wanted to ask you is how do you find the time to do that? Because you, you run an electrical shop, which is, we were talking earlier before we started recording, but run an electrical shop, you and your brother, you have your family. I mean, you have to make money. You have to employ your brother. You got a family to take care of, you know, a two month, a one month old. And how old is your daughter? How, what'd you say? Three? Uh, she just turned three. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So. Yeah, how do you find the time for all that? Uh, you know what? It's I, I it's uh, it's kind of hard to just. I guess what I would say is is I don't take much time for anything but what needs to get done. I guess is you know I mean it takes a lot of hard work. Um, you know, people see like we were talking earlier. People see uh, you know a post of me hunting here and I shoot this and then. You know, a couple weeks later, I shot something else, and and then you know, a couple weeks later, so people just get in their heads that hey, all he does is hunt, uh, he must have a ton of money, but that's that's really not the truth. I mean, I I do okay now, but uh, um, when I started hunting out, you know, going on trips, and uh, when I first paid my first outfitter for on a bear hunt in Idaho, I had to pay for it for like I, I mean I booked it like a year and a half in advance you know a two thousand dollar hunt and paid on it I was making just over minimum wage um, as an apprentice electrician I mean I wasn't uh, you can do anything if you prioritize so you know I don't drive a fifty thousand dollar brand new pickup um, I do have a lot nicer things now than when I started but as far as gear goes, when I started, it was just some bare minimum. Um, but right. as far as finding the time, you know, I just, uh, I kind of got a system now where um, I know when I need to work to make enough money to do what I need to do. And I know how uh, how much time and when to spend with my family. Um, so like we were talking earlier, right now, well, it's actually snowing outside here, but Right now is when I start my crazy um, workload. I will uh, um, here pretty soon. We're going to be starting a project, and I've been getting. I got to the point where in my business, um, I've got a lot of you know things paid off. You know, that was the other goal of mine is to get things to where things are paid off, and I can just focus on you know what needs to be done. So in my business, I know that. In the summer, I gotta work hard. So I always pick a job, and lately I've been doing these school projects, um, because they start in the spring and they have to be done by basically antelope season, to be honest. August 15th, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so, so they've been working real good for me, um, but they, you know, there's a big deadline on it, so I've gotta work my butt off, and, uh, so I do those and, and work like a, like a crazed man, you know, I'll get up at, 
three or four in the morning and work out and then go to work till. And that's the thing. I I still got to have time for my family, so I go to work. You know, work twelve or thirteen hours, come home at five or six at the latest, and spend the evening. You know, helping out with the baby and uh, shooting yeah. with the little one and hanging out with my wife, watching a movie with them guys. Um, so that's my summers are pretty crazy. I don't get a lot of sleep. I just go as hard as I can. Um, and then of course the falls pretty crazy because uh, at that point I'm just kind of winding down. I let my my crew, uh, but which like I said before has gone down to just one guy, my brother. Um, but that's another thing I have to talk about is my brother. He's a he's my employee, but he's super trustworthy. So when I'm gone hunting, he's still at home working and sure. you know making enough money to pay his bills. You know he isn't really paying for the hunt. I've done that throughout the summer. Um, he's mostly just at home making sure the business is still running. And I I know when to bid big jobs. And when to, you know, just kind of get a job, get it done, and move, you know, kind of. So I do that through the fall, just kind of doing smaller stuff. Um, I could be a lot, I could make a lot more money if I didn't do that and I didn't spend any money on, <laughs> you know, if I just worked all the time. But uh, um, no. so in the fall, I, I, I do that, I hunt. And, and the good thing about the fall and the winter is um, I get to spend more time at home when I'm not hunting. You know, I, I get to come home and um, I'll do uh, more of my paperwork and, and bidding and doing that kind of stuff in the fall um, and spend some time with my daughter, you know, keep her home yeah. from daycare and stuff like that. So you know, it's a it's a balancing act for sure. Yeah. No, and that's kind of, uh, you know, I have, I don't, you know, I'm not as well I'm not old enough. I don't have enough under my belt to really give a lot of people advice, but I, I do have people who ask me like kind of a similar question. Like, man, it looks like you hunt a lot. Like I have a family, like I can't do that. I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. And I, you know, without sounding like an arrogant ass, I always just in my brain, I'm always like, well, it's because you're not prioritizing anything. You know, you prioritize right. like mowing your lawn and, and and fertilizing it and making your landscaping look nice versus going hunting. You're spending too much time doing random stuff. You're not focused on on one thing, you know, or, or like five right. things. Like, I mean, kind of. It sounds like in your life, um, it's you know, family, work, hunt. Like those are the three things that you really do. And you don't do a whole lot of other things, you know. It's not like you have a sixty thousand dollar bass boat either, you know. And you're running around with that right. to make that work too, because that's just you know you you stretch yourself too thin, and then you're only getting half the stuff done that you really want to get done with, and you're half assing everything, kind of like specializing in your own life. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, and I I think yeah. uh, I think main thing is I think a lot of people waste a lot of time, and the reason I think that is because I used yeah. to waste. Uh, ton of time. Um, for one, I used to party. Before I met my wife, you know, it's, you're, you're young, <laughs> you go out and drink, and you yep. do things, um, and of course, you the next day, you're hungover. Uh, I don't know how many weekends I wasted days just doing absolutely nothing. Um, and, yeah. you know, I mean, I think you maybe have to go through that, but, but there's a point in your life where 
at least in mine, where I realized there, there wasn't anything that I, if I wanted to get it done, like you were talking about landscaping, if you want to plant a garden or get your yard looking good, but you think you don't have time because you want to go do this later, get up earlier. Go early. Like, right. uh, you know, get up at, uh, you know, there's a lot of days where I know that I need to, I want to go hunting or I want to go do something in the afternoon. I'll get up at 3 a.m. I'll get some paperwork done. I'll go work, you know, until noon. Um, and then, hey, I got what I needed done. I'm going hunting. It, it's right. Sunday afternoon. Or, you know, it's, it's, it's a Sunday. I don't want to get up at 3. Who cares? Get up at 3. Um, right. Yeah, it's the weekend. I'm supposed to sleep in. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and I, I, I was that guy. I have been that guy. Um, mm-hmm. And now I just realized that, you know, if, if you need to get something done, find the time to get it done, but don't give up what you really want to be doing. So, Right. No, and I'm, I'm kind of, I would say, like, on the scale from from where you personally are at right now to, you know, where you used to be, like, just wasting time every weekend i'm kind of in the middle there <laughs> i still hang out and I, I still hang out with friends and i still drink but at the same time there are days where i'll get up not i, I get, i'll get up at 3 a.m for turkey hunting but uh other than that you know uh like you know i'll get up on a regular day every now and then at like 5 a.m to get a run in or to get some exercise in because you know i want to i want to work out before the day starts or something like that i just want to get it done so you just get up earlier and you just do it and then at the end of the day, like, you don't nap during the day because you can't. So you just you just deal with, you know, whatever six hours of sleep that you got. And one thing that, yeah. you know, you're going through it right now is it, it's, it's amazing to me that when my, my son was born, I was running on four or five hours of sleep, and I was still working, you know, a full nine-hour day, ten-hour day, and then coming home and not having any issues. So it yeah. kind of showed me a lot, like, wow, you don't really need – that much to be able to sleep to be able to keep functioning i know sleep's important and you should try to get eight hours but if there's something important to you and you can knock off a few to get it done you know do it yeah and don't don't get me wrong i i don't get up every day at three uh this time of year <laughs> this time of year well no this time of year it's, it's more often than not i mean usually it's like probably three thirty or 4 but um i know when i ran my battery out like that's one thing when you're um you got to kind of know your body too because if you if you wear yourself down to where you can't even uh be efficient throughout the day then then it doesn't really work out either so right it's really been a learning experience i'm sure when i'm you know 10 years from now i'll probably be saying something different i i just uh, (laughs) yeah um, but yeah for now it, it works pretty well for me to just whatever I'm doing you you brought up a good point I I really have three things in my life that are important to me and that's family hunting and my job and in that exact order and all of them have to be um, they really all have to be functioning well to to for me to be happy so you know if I you know if I'm out hunting and I'm killing big stuff but my wife's unhappy i'm not having fun or if work's a mess i'm not having fun and and vice versa if i'm at home 
everybody's happy and work's going good, but I'm not taking care of hunting. You know, even if there's no seasons, like right now, I'm not working out. I'm not prepping my gear. I'm not sending in for tags. I'm not happy. So really, I just kind of function trying to take care of those things and make sure everything's functioning together. And if it is, and I'm golden, but uh, if one thing, you know, goes off the rails, they all do. Yeah. So. No, and that, that makes sense. It's, yeah, it's finding that balance between all of them to make sure they're all happy and they're all working and everything's good. That, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, so aside from the time thing, uh, getting back to just, like, the hunting and um, like, you like to hunt out west. Um, would you, I mean, you like pronghorn, but do you, go, do you go for mule deer every year? Do you go for elk every year? Like, do you do those? Yeah, that's, that's my question. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I hunt, if I can, uh, the last few years, um, usually I have an elk tag in my pocket. Um, last year was the first year that I really, um, put the time in to become a better elk hunter. I mean, I haven't done a, I've done a ton of elk hunting, but mostly it's because, you know, I had a mule deer tag and I bought an elk tag, or I had a moose tag and I bought an elk tag, or, um, you know, when I was younger, I had a lot of elk tags and had a lot of bad luck hunting elk, but I do try to uh, hunt elk every year. Um, As far as deer goes, yeah, I mean, I can buy two, two deer tags in Nebraska, buck tags, and then quite a few doe tags, and then, uh, you know, I go to a few different states, South Dakota, and uh, last year I went to Texas with Aaron, and we're going to maybe do a few other, uh, maybe Oklahoma this year, so, you know, I'm always chasing, I love chasing whitetails, it's kind of like a, it's, you know, if I had to give up all my hunting and just go up to one species, I probably would honestly be pretty depressed because I love to start out with antelope, and then as soon as September 1st hits, I love chasing uh, mule deer in the um, sand hills around home, Vel- you know, nice velvet mule deer, and then, uh, sure. you know, you move into, move into elk season mid-September, and, uh, you know, if you're lucky enough to draw a moose bag or be going moose hunting, you know, end of September, go moose hunting. So it's really, uh, uh, and then, you know, obviously October is kind of a lull and then you hit November and you're back whitetail hunting for the, throughout the year. And, and I, sure. I just love it all. And I love the process of looking forward to the next animal, you know, the next season, yeah. the next, you know, they all kind of work together. So it's pretty fun. Yeah, I bet. Uh, out of those, out of those animals, is there um, one that you find yourself? Well, first of all, you hunt with a recurve, right? For almost all of it, or some of it, or yeah, mo- yeah. For the most part, I do. I uh, I used to kind of bounce back and forth, and I still do. Now and then, I might shoot some stuff with the compound this year. I'm trying to. Um, I would say 90, 85 to 90% of the time I'm carrying my recurve. And honestly, okay. I only I only jump to the compound um, just for kind of like a change, you know, 
like some guys will go from the compound or the recurve to the rifle, and that's sure. what I kind of feel like my compound is, is just moving to the rifle. Um, so I am definitely not as good of a shot with the with the compound as most guys are. I mean, I can I can do pretty good out to 40 or 50, but um, see, so yeah, I do hunt with a, a compound now and then, but it's not for the same okay. reason most guys do. It's not like uh, I feel like it's a crutch. I just kind of like doing it. <laughs> so, right. It's just yeah. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah. It is. My personal yeah, and I hunt enough that like, I can do that. Yeah. No. That's that's really nice. Um, and, uh, my personal opinion is that, like, you know, there's certain scenarios where a recurve is actually more advantageous. Like, if you're spot oh, stalking sure. and you're crawling and you're within, like, 10, 15 yards, 20 yards of an animal, like, not, not having to sit up and make that bow perfectly straight up in the air and to line everything up, that's kind of, that takes time, right? Whereas with a, with a recurve, you can just almost, like, snap your, you just draw. It can be sideways, it can, you know, and you can make that shot. Um, yeah. You don't have I definitely, and everything to mess with. <laughs> yeah, I, I honestly, def, I definitely feel um, m- more, I mean, obviously, if I, you know, perfect situation, 40-yard shot, I'm, I'd rather pick the compound if I, you know, I had a big bull standing out there feeding at 40 yards. I can hit that animal with my recurve, but I can hit it more accurately, more often with the compound. I'm not saying that, but sure. I do feel like I'm more of a, the way that I hunt, I've, I've learned to get close. Um, so that's, I feel it is more advantageous the way that I hunt. So, um, but you know, you say that and guys are like, no, a recurve definitely not. And I'm not saying it's as, as, um, accurate. I'm saying that I feel more lethal with it the way that I hunt. So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. No, I can. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, so back to my my question that the little tangent there was: Do you find like pronghorn, mule deer, elk, moose, whitetail? Do you find one of them to be like more elusive or harder to hunt than any of the other ones, or is it kind of scenario dependent? It's really scenario dependent. I would say if I had to pick a nemesis animal, it would be an elk. Um, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. since I was, and since I was a kid, I've had some crazy stuff happen. Um, I've done, uh, man, I don't know. I started out hunting them when I was 12, uh, with an old, um, not a flintlock muzzleloader, but like an old school hammer type, you know, um, not not an inline. I don't know what the heck they're called. I'm I'm bad with guns, but uh, I'm I'm terrible with guns too. I I know nothing about muzzleloaders. Yeah. Well, I started <laughs> out with a muzzleloader, and I mean, I had caps get wet. Um, just a lot of bad luck, and never got one killed. And then, um, oh, I don't even know what it was. Six or seven years ago, I. Decided to stop being a fat load and lost a bunch of weight because I wanted to go elk hunting and actually kill one and um, didn't kill one that year. But a few years later, I think I, uh, I think it was a couple years later, I ended up going at, with a friend up in Colorado and and uh, I tell you what, I'd been elk hunting so many times and lost, you know, missed and just lots of crazy stuff and. 
went with him backpacking um, in a over-the-counter unit in Colorado and ended up killing like a 370 bull with my recurve. Um, <laughs> nice. So I guess I was just yeah. waiting, but I don't I don't take credit for that other than making the shot. The guy I was with, he, you know, he um, did the calling, he did everything, and that was I don't know four. Let's see, I think it was in 2015 or 16, so whatever that would have been, four or five years ago. And uh, and then this last year, and then uh, between there and, and now, I've had uh, a lot of elk tags, like I said, but I just was always after something else, and a moose, a, a deer, yeah. or whatever. So I never put the time in, and... Uh, this last year, I said, I'm done. I'm going to go elk hunting. I'm going to figure this stuff out. And last year, I killed my first, uh, well, it was my second elk, but it was uh, my first elk that I I was so low, did killed. everything myself. Yeah. What's that? Yeah, and, and it that, was, yeah, yeah, it was that just you a killed, gen- yeah. Yeah, it was just a general tag in, in Wyoming. Um, so, you know, it was... Uh, yeah. It was pretty good for me, but... Yeah, more satisfying or grati- gratifying. Well, yeah, but I'm still... I'm definitely not a... Uh, yeah, I'm definitely not an elk killing machine yet, but I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> hooked now. I, I'm hoping to draw a few tags this year, and I'm hoping that we... I can get to... Me and Aaron are talking like we're, we might do a, a hunt together if we can draw this tag, and uh, I would really enjoy that because I'll learn a lot from him, so um, I would say elk yeah. right now is kind of my my more elusive one, but man, I tell you what, when you're on a hunt, every one of them can seem like, uh, like holy cow, I, this is impossible, and then one <laughs> second, things can yeah. change, and it's like, holy cow, I can't believe that just happened, so I tell you, that's the main thing I learned is, is to be optimistic, and I tell you what, everybody tells you to be optimistic. But the only way that I find that you can be optimistic is (laughs) with a little experience because you always get in your head and eventually um, if you just kind of just say, oh, you know, over time you learn that things will work out. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, I mean, I've I've been on three elk hunts so far and I haven't got one. Um, The first two hunts I've done, yeah, group of four. Um, the first two I was on, uh, one guy out of the group of four got one. So we're kind of like a 25% success rate is what we Pretty called good. it. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, this last one, man, I totally dropped the ball. I got an early cow tag in Idaho, like Southern Idaho. And, uh, we were playing cat and mouse on this, their private egg and the, the cow elk were in the private egg, but they would come onto the public to bed. And so they were going back and forth, and we could see them, and they were just, like, picking one of three places across. And our first time in there, we went, well, we kind of glassed it from afar. We're like, all right, we should probably try this area. We got in there. We were all just sitting there, and all of a sudden, these elk came off the ditch. That was probably, like, five, six feet deep. And uh, before we knew it, they were within 30 yards, and my rifle was 10 feet away from me. And because I was glassing up on this hillside waiting for them to come down, and yeah, it just totally botched the whole thing. <laughs> it was just uh, that is, things. <laughs> oh man, I tell you right now, that is one of the main things that I've learned in in all my years of destroying elk hunting is 
you never leave your weapon anywhere but right next to you. If you're taking a nap, <laughs> right. you always have that thing loaded <laughs> and next to you. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> I've had so many. I yeah, I've, you know, you always hear those stories of guys almost getting run over when they're napping. I've had that happen to me. And, right. And I don't. Yeah. Oh, I don't man. go take a poop without my bow. I mean, I tell you what. I, <laughs> yep. I. Uh, <laughs> I know. Yeah. Weapon. That's a good one. Good one to learn, though. I've done it a hundred times, so. Yeah. I know. My buddy looked at me He afterwards. He goes, I don't know what the hell we were thinking. It's like we thought they were going to come down the mountain with bells on their neck, letting us know that they're coming. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know, yeah. dude. We just, we hadn't seen them for four days on the public. And then. So it's just kind of like, yeah, you just like, you, you know, they're ghosts at that point. And then all of a sudden they just like, poof, they're there. <laughs> yep. Um, been there, man. But, uh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, elk would be the nemesis, but, uh, so do you, do you go all the way down to, I mean, you said you kind of start in January in, was it Arizona or New Mexico? Yeah, Arizona. Arizona, is that blacktail? Or is that coos, I'm sorry, coos deer? Um, I've done both. Uh, last year we, we hunted most, like, most of the places that we're hunting, uh, they have both, uh, but they're, uh, kind of, you know, blacktail, or uh, not, excuse me, coos deer and, and uh, mule deer usually hang out in separate areas. They're, they're okay. different, so we've, um, the tag's good for either one, but, uh, we, we've done, we've done both, uh, mostly mule deer, but, uh, yeah, it's, honestly, I mean, I love doing it. It's fun. They're rutting at that time. It's, it's a lot of fun, but, I'm a, I, I enjoy hunting javelina so much that it's just, you know, that, cause, well, you're really hunting mule deer or deer, and then if you run into pigs, you're hunting them, so. <laughs> right, always, yeah, it's kind of like that saying, like, if, if you're hunting whitetails and you see a coyote, it becomes a coyote hunt. <laughs> yep, exactly. Right? Yeah. So on these, on these hunts, are you doing a lot of it by yourself? Or are you doing like are you doing guides or is it you and buddies doing do it yourself and just you know picking stuff on the map and going for it or what? Um, it's a lot of everything. Um, I do a ton of solo stuff. I do a ton with buddies and I do um, a few guided hunts every year. You know, it just depends on okay um, what I want to do. You know, if I want to like you know this. Uh, next year, me and Aaron are going moose hunting up in Canada with a, a buddy I've actually hunted with mo- uh, for moose up there, but he's an outfitter, and okay. uh, um, obviously we can't go hunt moose up there by ourselves. Um, right. Yeah, for people who thing. don't know, you can't, uh, you want to tell, for people who don't know that rule? No, go ahead. I know that can't, can't no, go ahead. Uh, uh, for people who don't know, like in Canada, you can't hunt without an out, you can't just like do a DIY hunt up there. You have yeah. to hunt either with a Canadian and you have to be invited and you can't pay them at all or otherwise it's illegal or you have to go with an outfitter. And so like there was one guy, I was up there hunting in Alberta a few years ago. Uh, actually I was filming a guy hunting and uh, I made friends with the, with the guy that we were with and he said, man, if, like I've always wanted to hunt whitetails in Wisconsin. Hit me up and I will give you, I will get you you know, rights to hunt the land that I hunt up here in Canada, but you can't pay me or anything. But in exchange, 
you know, I get to come hunt with you in, in Wisconsin. And I was like, well, you can just come hunt in Wisconsin anyway. I'll just show you some spots. Um, but he was like, what? You can just, like, hunt wherever? I was like, yeah, as long as it's public. He's like, that's that's crazy. <laughs> right, so, yeah, it's it's a yeah. different world, that's for sure. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think people, <laughs> right, well, and people get like this, they get like a, uh, um, like, Going on outfitted hunts is a bad thing. And I, you know, I, I don't begrudge anybody, um, that hunts just public land or, or just hunts with outfitters. I enjoy every bit of all of it. Uh, you know, I, like I said, I mean, I spend, like I, you know, last year I had that general tag in Wyoming. I went out there 100% by myself, hunted, had a blast, camped by myself. I enjoyed that. Same with antelope, did the same thing last year in Wyoming, hunted um, uh, public land, you know, solo, just killed a nice antelope, had a blast, and then um, I we went to, me and Aaron did, uh, um, I wouldn't call it necessarily a guided hunt, we went, I did pay, because um, he is an outfitter, I paid a guy in Texas for it, but he's more of Aaron's buddy and now kind of mine. Um, yeah. So that's that kind of like that. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of yeah. like a trespass type of thing. Um, sure. And then I've done straight guided hunts, um, and I've met some good buddies doing that and guides. and. Um, so, you know, I, I'm one end of the spectrum to the other. You know, I hunt private land. I hunt public land. Do it yourself. You know, general tags, draw tags, outfitters, anything that gets me hunting, I want, that's, you know, it's fun, so. <laughs> no, yeah, and I, like, I'm kind of in that, you know, I've done free elk hunts, and, and then I've done one DIY whitetail hunt, so I don't have a whole lot of experience with, without a state and doing that kind of stuff, but I'll tell you, like, just with the three elk hunts that I've, that I've done, the next one, it's just, to me, it's just, so I get in my own head and I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Am I doing the wrong thing? Am I walking far enough? Am I calling right? Like, am I leaving stones unturned that I should be turning? Like, you know, and there's just so many questions that roll through my head and so much uh, kind of unsurety that I'm, I'm really heavily considering the next time I elk hunt to go with a guide just to, to learn, just to understand, like, what they do and, and how they do it and, and and then be able to take that and apply it to a DIY hunt, you know? Yeah. That's good advice, actually. Um, I, You know, I've learned a lot from uh, guides and outfitters, and that's the thing. It's, it's uh, you, you know, those guys do that every single day. You know, that's their job, and, and right. that's how they get good at stuff. So um, it is a good thing. If you don't have a friend that's a good, you know, elk hunter or whatever, um it's definitely a, a a learning experience, and I yeah I think it's a great idea. I mean, okay, um, guy, guys, yeah. I don't know. You know, guys will. Here's my only opinion on guided hunts or private land hunts or ranch hunts, whatever. Um, if you're doing anything like that, just don't church it up. Don't make it what it's not. You know, if you're if you're hunting. <laughs> 
Sure. You know what I'm saying? And, and a lot of guys will oh, say I that. Oh, I totally know what you're saying. If if you're if you know if you're hunting a big ranch um, where there's just you know hundred thousand acres and and the elk don't get pressured much, that's awesome. I would love to hunt there. If you would like me to come with you, I will. But don't act like you're backpacked into some remote wilderness and you're <laughs> shooting these elk. Because that's just, you know, it's, it's just not representing it. And as long as you're doing that, I think it's cool. I think it's awesome. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I, I would definitely agree. Like, yeah, and that's a social media thing. That's like this phenomenon of making things seem, you know, harder than they are just to make yourself seem like you're cooler than you are, I guess. I, right. You know, but like, I guess it's all in people's perception because to me, like you don't need to seem like it is what it is and it's already cool in itself that you're hunting this awesome ranch. You know, every every public land DIY guy that's out there and that's just after it, I shouldn't say every, but like 95% of them would like, you know, burn their house down for a freaking chance to hunt <laughs> amazing ranches, you know, that have, you know, 400 class bulls on them, yet they're the first ones that also say, oh, that's a private ranch, like, it doesn't matter. But they're going to be the first ones that exactly. say, yeah, I want to go on that, on. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it, um, there's a lot of jealousy, and I, yeah, it, for sure. it used to bother me. It used to bother me more, but uh, I try not to let it bother me anymore, but the first question I get when I kill something is, public land? Uh, and I'm like... <laughs> Well, you know, sometimes I'm like, yeah, that was public land. Or, you know, did you go with an outfitter? And I'm like, guys, like, don't just say congrats, man. I mean, if you want to message <laughs> me and be like, hey, uh, you know, was that, you know, and actually ask me some questions about it. But what you're trying to do right. is immediately you see me with an animal and you think, how can I make him feel like it wasn't as good as it should have been? And, well, uh, it's, and it's I, that, it. I, I see, and I think it's I think it's reverse. It's how can I make me feel better about myself for not being successful this year? Exactly. Well, that's probably yeah, right. part of it too. And yeah, 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 I mean it's it's human nature, and I get it. Uh, and it's not just my page. I see it all the time. You know, somebody shoots one. For and, sure. Uh, I've seen the the grand spectrum of things. I had a guy tell me after I shot that three seventy bull. Um, showed him the picture, and this this is a guy that doesn't doesn't hunt, and he's in Nebraska where um, he's used to, you know, his buddy just shot one here, and they get massive here. I mean, drawing the tag here is almost impossible. And okay. uh, I told him what it scored, and he goes, "Is that all?" I was like, "Holy, three seventy bull in Colorado over the counter? <laughs> That's like a unicorn, man! Like, what do you what do you want?" Yeah. Like, oh yeah, so and so just shot a four hundred. I'm like, well, yeah, that's, that's a different story, man. But right. you know, people are, uh, and and you gotta get, like I said, we like, take a lot for granted. You know, we take um, being in hunting my whole life. I I've taken that for granted that you just kind of know some of these things. Some people don't don't understand. They and you gotta you can't get mad at them. You just gotta try to explain and and be you know cordial to them. Then if they're a dick, then you can tell them, you know, whatever you want to tell them from there, but, uh, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, in my, like, there are, there are animals that are, you know, more spooky and harder to kill, 
But at the same oh, time, sure. I mean, being able just getting it's always difficult to just get one on the ground in the first place. You know, yep. it's it's never a cakewalk. You know, I mean, there's those flukes, right, where you like go sit in the sand once and you're in there for three hours and you shoot one. And you're like, oh, sweet, it's done. You know, but there's, I mean, there's those other ones that you know are a 15 day grind. And you know, like yep. last year, you know, I hunted 30 like 35 to 40 times on this new property that I'm hunting, and I didn't kill a single deer, single whitetail. Had three chances past them because I was I was hoping there was going to be a bigger one coming or something like that, and that's that's it. But uh, you know, that was that was a huge grind. So I'm hoping this year my luck turns around. But uh, but yeah, there's there's always those easy ones, but there's always those real difficult ones. And, and every every hunter knows that, you know, every hunter should. Yeah, you never, you never want to uh, not take advantage of a gimme. I be honest, <laughs> when I was when right. I was younger, when I was younger, you know, you you get almost what felt like a gimme, and you're like, nah, I'm not gonna shoot that animal. I'm gonna wait for a bigger one, and and then you realize <laughs> you that never get it. The rest of the season, if yeah, you're praying that that same situation comes along. So. Uh, yeah, you never want to um, pass. You know, I'm an opportunistic hunter. If something that I'd shoot on the last day comes by me on the first two minutes of the hunt, I'm shooting it, and I'll find <laughs> something else to hunt that week, or I'll, you know, do whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's you, some of those things you learn over time. Yeah. For sure. No, and that's kind of, yeah, that's that's a little bit of a way I'm, I'm kind of getting to be like man if if it's like this age class or better like you know if it's two and a half years old or three and a half years old and better like i'm killing it because <laughs> i'm probably not going to get another chance all year <laughs> oh yeah yeah um, i'm not much of a trophy hunter <laughs> yeah right uh so um one of my other things that i wanted to talk to you about is um what makes like an efficient hunter you know, there's certain people, like you, you said earlier, your wife's probably a better hunter than you now. Um, but, uh, but like, what do you think makes, like, an efficient or, or a better hunter? Is it kind of, like, is it patience? Is it being able to read the wind better, understand terrain, thermals, like, you know, knowing not to slam your door when you get out of the truck? You know, what do you think makes, you know, or what, I guess, that's a hard one because that's super why right that's a very broad top mm-hmm. topic um but what are some things that you you have learned that have been like critical to your success that you could share with others um yeah like you were saying i think uh the two main things that i've learned um is is patience is huge like you were saying patience okay is probably I would say patience is the number one uh, key to my success because when I first started out, I was not patient. And I mean, I'm talking not just like quitting early or, um, you know, getting out of the stand early. I'm not talking just patience sitting. I'm talking about patience in waiting for um, the right opportunity, waiting for um, that you know, I, I get a glimpse of a shot that I think I can make and I'm afraid it's going to run away um, and I shoot and I mess it up. Instead, you know, I, I may 
wait until it's a better opportunity, wait till I'm more confident, make, you know. And, and sure. sometimes that'll bite you. I'm not saying that if you do, you know, if you don't take an opportunity, um, it's, it's, it can bite you now and then, but sometimes it doesn't. They get closer, they, you know, give you a better opportunity. Um, and the second thing is just experience. Um, I think that's the main thing that most guys want to skip is, and see, that's the thing, like, you know, I'm only 32 years old, um, I still got a long ways to go, um, and uh, I'm learning every year, learning something new, I, you know, I've, I've changed my hunting, the way I hunt, and, and everything, so I would say patience, and just the more you can go, um, because every time you go, you learn something. You know, I, I right. think that's the main thing. Yeah, for sure. Guys just want to jump in and just, you know, hey, I've listened to, you know, podcasts all summer long. I'm ready to go. I'm, you know, I know everything. <laughs> I listen that's, to 10 hours of Chris Rowe. I can tell you everything a bull <laughs> else is saying. <laughs> exactly. And I'm not telling guys not to do that. Be prepared. But also get out in the field and hunt or scout or do whatever. Because every time you go into the field, you learn something personally, and, and I'm a, the kind of guy that I can listen to guys talk and, and learn a little bit and absorb just enough, but if I go out in the woods and I may remember something somebody said and go, oh, yeah, and then that's when I actually learn it, um, if that makes any sense. I, I, sure. I've learned it, but until I'm out there, I don't, you know, I can't apply it. I don't understand it. Um, so yeah. that's the main thing is, is just field time and, you know, patience. And I think that's the two main things that will make you a better hunter. Okay. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, one of the other things, like, that I always kind of think of in my own mind for, you know, really good hunters, you know, the guys that are in their 60s or in set, or 50s and 60s that have been hunting for years, um, do you think, like – Going and knowing an area, like just knowing an area like the back of your hand is is a cause for a lot of people's success. Like they just go to the same units every year and they eventually figure them out to the point where they, they can have really good success rates themselves. Or do you think like people just get good and you can just drop them off in any unit and they'll, they'll find the, they'll find the animal and kill it? Um, I think a little bit of both, honestly. I think there are certain guys that um, can be, you know, I think that if you're in a, if you, it obviously gives you an advantage to hunt the same unit and uh, know where animals are and, you know, where they've been in the past. That gives you a huge advantage, I think. Um, but there are definitely certain guys that, have learned that species, um, and they take different, um, you know, they can look at the land and, and they know animal behavior enough to know that uh, this would be a probably, this is where, you know, I found them in similar areas before, I'm going to check here, and, uh, and then there's also those guys that are just straight killers, and they can just, um, once they've done that, they go in a new area, you know, they said, okay, this area looks like something that would work from previous experience, and then they know how to get it done after the fact. So, 
I think both things are, are definitely, um, there's definitely guys out there go same unit every year and get to know it and, and kill, kill animals every year. And those guys might be the kind of guys you could take from that unit and put them in another unit and they can take what they've learned from their previous unit and, and go and do the same thing. But, uh, um, I think it all boils down to just, uh, field time. Like you say, if you enjoy hunting sure. that one unit, and that one spot, because you feel confident there, that's awesome. But uh, I like to I like to do a little bit of both. I like to have a few new spots to go because seeing sure. something new is exciting. But it also is exciting yeah. when you you feel like, oh man, if I go over here, I know I'm going to find you know deer, or I'm going to find elk <laughs> right. or like animals or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's always and nice think, to have a little yeah. bit of both. One thing that kind of plagues, it plagues me and, and helps me at the same time is just kind of a sense of, a sense of adventure and a sense of exploration and wanting to try that new spot and wanting to see what's over that next ridge and what's over that next hill or what's in this, you know, this next oak grove and just like always Definitely. wanting to explore and always moving around. And sometimes, like, like I said, it plagues me because I find a really good area when I hunt it a couple times for whitetails and then I'm like, God, ah, like, I'm already bored of this spot. I want to go find a different spot when that really is like, you know, the spot to be. And I just like, right. I'm too bored with it that I want to keep moving on and finding, finding other places to go. But, uh, well, but yeah, I, yeah, it can I, definitely mean, I, bite I always you. love this. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. There's always like, yeah, my buddies and I always toss when, when we go out on, we've been to the same unit a few, a couple times and they always say like, just hunt this bull this big bull, and at some point, there's going to be elk in here, so if you just hunt this every day, you're probably going to get a chance. But none of yep. us ever do it because we don't we don't want to just go to the same spot every day, you know? <laughs> so right. we all just, yep. we just like the adventure, you know? Uh, all right, well, hey, I know we're, we're running up on an hour here. Uh, I know you're a busy guy, so, uh, you know, if people want to find you, and ask you some questions. You have you you uh, you have a lot of knowledge on different states, different application time frames, different you know units. Not that you're going to give away all your units or anything like that, but, but you have a lot of knowledge on that. And if people want to find you uh, and find where to get uh, a bow for their daughter, where how can they find you? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's uh, Jake underscore D underscore Downs at Instagram. And just Jake Downs on Facebook. I I don't do a lot on Facebook, so if you message me, message me on Instagram because okay. um, sometimes I don't get it on on Facebook. But uh, yeah, it, I'm I'm always down for questions. It, you know, it, I like helping. So yeah, no, I, I and I appreciate you hopping on. I mean, um, there's like we just kind of scratched the surface here. There's just so much. I mean. I'm sure you could go into, you know, just different hunting techniques for, you know, an hour or two with the different time frames that you have or specific animals that you've hunted and different stories that you have. But, uh, but yeah, I really appreciate you taking the time getting on here. And for anybody listening, you want to go talk to Jake, find him on essentially Instagram, Jake underscore D underscore down, and uh, tell him you heard him here and, and ask him questions. His favorite units are, are also listed in his bio. So if you just go there, <laughs> it's got, got onyx waypoints on the too. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for hopping on, Jake. Jake. I'll catch you later. Thanks, man. Yep. See you.